All right. Hello, everyone. Loves, community members, family, friends. We would like to welcome you to the Fucking Brave podcast, hosted by your hostesses, <laughs> Kimmy Gustafson and Michaela Bilkington. Tonight we will start off by what we are drinking. I think that's what what we might start every show with. Yeah. I currently have a truly pineapple that is lukewarm for reasons <laughs> that will be elaborated upon later. Uh, and I also have a truly, which is watermelon and kiwi, but mine is not lukewarm. Freshly out of the fridge. Freshly out of the fridge. How's your day going, Michaela? Oh, it has been a day, let me tell you guys. Well, really, this whole day started yesterday when I dropped Lincoln off at school and I needed to run to the bank, something that should be just an easy swing by the bank um, sort of situation, and my car didn't start. So then ensued having to get the car back to our house via a tow truck, via AAA, that didn't believe I was on my mom's AAA plan. we should just... Yes, it's been a lot. And I think what Michaela is getting into is the topic of this first podcast that we want to talk about is like the bravery that it takes to show up to problem solve these fucking difficult situations in her lives. Like the car won't start because you don't really have a lot of a choice when the car won't start. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of choice when the car won't start. You're stranded in the bank parking lot. Let me tell you, when I got the text from her, when I was at home trying to work, and the reason that I had, that Michaela had taken Lincoln to school in the morning was because I had to work. I had actually quite an exciting morning going on, but that's another subject. The eye roll that she never saw that happened (laughs) of, you've got to be fucking kidding me that this is now what my morning is about was better than any 14-year-old <laughs> could have come up with, I promise you. But. So my car died. Yeah. And then. And normally when your car dies, you're like, great, I just need you to come jump it. Right? Jumping didn't happen. Well, I mean, the jumping did, happened, but, but it, it didn't, didn't work. work. And yeah. And, and anyway, so we had it. It was fine because we had another car. And so it was kind of a minor inconvenience of just getting Michaela's car close to our place of residence and it's fine we'll just drive my jeep who is 21 years old and old enough for truly herself (laughs) and that was fine until today about six o'clock driving back from safeway michaela's driving and the brakes go soft at the intersection and i made some not not snarky but just Comment about, like, dang, you have soft brakes. And I was like, just be nice to my car. She's old. Mm-hmm. For a myriad of reasons, that was I my was... response. Yeah. Mostly because I think Michaela's often melodramatic, hypochondriac. <laughs> She's <laughs> not wrong. <laughs> Loop the car into our apartment complex to find liquid spilling out. Of the passenger side rear brake drum. 
I would just like to point out that I was correct about the brakes being soft. This was neither melodramatic nor hypochondriac. The brakes were soft. We will put this date on the calendar. <laughs> the date that I was right. Less, less of that and more of that. You were, your, your assessment of the situation was accurate. Mm, yeah, there's that. So I, 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 I would like to say in my defense at this point that I take Michaela's concerns very seriously. Every single time, there's often an eye roll. <laughs> I really can't blame her for that one. <laughs> so, uh, how how do we problem solve all of this, Michaela? Because that's what we wanted to talk about today, is this notion of, of showing up in the capacity of problem solving your way through things. Because we problem solve a lot of things on a day-to-day basis. We problem solve what's going on with Lincoln. We problem solve dinner. We problem solve house cleaning. But then on top of it, we have these emergent situations like the cars, like international travel, like other crises that arise. How do we show up for ourselves when we have to devote our full attention to some problem that has to be fixed this instant? Uh, Yeah, I want to start with the problem-solving piece by adding on one more piece to the puzzle that I was invited to a locally organized for fun competition that is tomorrow and starts at 1 p.m. and is on the North Shore. We live on the South Shore. Not a huge deal, but far enough we have to drive. Can't walk with the kite gear. Yeah, can't walk. A moped would be... Sketchy, to say the (laughs) least. So, yeah, not only are our two cars down, but we have somewhere we have to be. Luckily, we're without Lincoln for the next 48 hours. But, yeah, I think think for me personally, the problem-solving piece starts with a release of expectations. (laughs) Um, Which, for those of you who may know me, I'm not always the best at. I don't know how you how you feel about that idea of like having to release expectations where like you talk about me calling you and you were supposed to work and releasing yeah. the expectations that you were going to work that morning. Yeah, and I think those those immediate problems and I guess this this would also extend to the long-term problems of just being able to take a deep breath and recognize that things are shifting and that things are shifting outside of my or your control and that I can hold on to what I previously thought was going to happen, but that's just going to make us all miserable and that now I get to exist within my own reality. And as quickly and efficiently as I can make that happen in my mind, body, soul in conjunction, because I don't know if this happens to the rest of you, but I have to like bring every piece along independently because my mind can be like, okay, we're shifting expectations. And she'll just be like on her merry way somewhere else. And my body's like, but we were going to work. And she's like in her own calm, zen, ready to mellow out and have a laptop on her lap for the next few hours space. But then I've got to get her to come along. And the physical reaction that comes with that shift has to be acknowledged and worked through of like, there's anxiety, there's worry, that's all physical. 
yeah. it takes a long time for my mind to catch up. Yeah, I definitely think that a lot of times, and I know for myself as well, I don't think that we acknowledge that physical side of a reaction as much as we do the mental and emotional side of a reaction. And and I know that for me personally, that physical reaction often happens first. Absolutely. And then the and then the mental reaction has to catch up. Well you think about when I got or the text it just doesn't. when I got the text from you that the car was dead. My mm. reaction was an eye roll. I mean that's physical. In and of itself. Right. Right. You know, and and I this this notion of bringing along my body is is new er and something that's taking a lot of work. But I find with myself and also with Lincoln a lot too, if we can identify what's going on in the body, um often the emotions of the the mind can catch up or vice versa. The mind and the emotions are already ahead and they're fine. And you've just got to get your body to kind of come on board um, at a little bit of a different pace. But yeah, so I definitely start there or I'm trying to. This is definitely like everything in life. It's a practice. Well, and I think you and I move through hard situations in, in a different way. I think you're definitely a little bit more emotionally attached to a situation and an expectation. Me? Yeah. Never. <laughs> That's cute. Um, and I think for me, I don't know that I'm like less emotionally attached to these situations and expectation shifting, but I've had a lot of training in, in intense situations where you can't sit in that emotional space. Like, you have to instantly enter a problem-solving space that is detached from, I mean, the situation at hand, right? Like, you think about you're climbing a mountain and somebody falls into a crevasse. Like, you don't get to just sit down and panic about it. Like, you have to get the person out of the crevasse. And, And so I think for me, there's, like, an element of training that's been involved in my life that that pushes me into this problem solving thing. And I don't think I get so much, I mean, I do have to shift expectations, but I don't think I get stuck there maybe as much as, as you do. I don't think necessarily in the emotional space, but in, in, in crisis, I feel like it's very different than a car breaking down. But a car breaking down can feel like crisis. Yeah. But I think about other times where you have a hard time shifting expectations and that's less than what we're talking about because we're definitely going to have an entire conversation about shifting expectations but this like problem solving mode that we enter I think that's the first thing that you and I both do and we've become much more adept at it over time of shifting expectations so that's probably a step one and then what's step two I think definitely step two for me is recognizing my strengths and weaknesses within problem solving what are those uh, I'm not good at anything you do at all <laughs> <laughs> There's the truth. Um, no, but I I would say that like from a problem solving place, <laughs> I feel like I know how to like access my resources. Yeah, I was gonna say phone a friend. <laughs> I'm I'm really good at phoning the appropriate friend. <laughs> Derek, I'm gonna throw you out in this, and I love you, and thank you for showing up. And Dorothy and Janine have definitely been tapped in this one of of, oh. of late. Love you, sweet yeah. sisters. Yeah. Um, and not to mention the fact that we usually call each other first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
You know, I, I think for me, though, I feel like I, I'm all right at, like, initiating getting the ball rolling, and then I think you then take that ball and, and see it down the hill <laughs> is maybe how I would put it. I think, oh, this might end up in divorce. I think that you love a problem at me. <laughs> and you're like, hot potato. I mean, it's hard because the problem we're specifically talking about right now is car-related problems, and you're the car-related problem person. I am. I am the mechanically inclined lesbian in this relationship. That you are. This is a true story. You know, if it were a problem that involved a physical task, well, you yeah. might be very well capable. Math. If it's Lincoln's math homework, it's Michaela. Yeah. But I think it's that, like, like within problem solving, recognizing your strengths who's, and who's weaknesses. Who's the expert? And, and, and I, I will say that, that I think that you and I are both very good at deferring to whomever is the more competent party. Like, I don't pretend to be able to help with math or home building or, hell, even if I don't understand how to do something kiting and I can't brain it. Like, I'm not going to argue with you about it because I don't know what the hell's going on, honestly, at the end of the day. But Lord knows if it's a problem with food in the kitchen or something's off with a car or we don't know how to get a stain off the countertop. That's my domain. Yeah. Um, so I would definitely say that's, for me, at least yeah. that's the next step I go to. Like- so shifting expectations and then... Finding the appropriate responsible, well, not responsible, but like <laughs> the competent party to help. Yeah. Yeah. Phone a friend. Mm-hmm. And then, and then I feel like there's just, um, there's just a lot of deep breathing. Like there's, I guess the next step would be a lot of patience. Yeah. So there's just not a lot of people always around to deal with the issues that we have here living on a very small island. Or hell, anywhere on a weekend dealing with a mechanical issue. And so there comes this element of patience and recognizing that, like, this is where I am. And that eventually this will get solved. All of these are solvable problems. And breathing through it, like, just big, deep breaths. We have a really great therapist who tells us all the time that one of the things that she knows about us is that we always find a solution. And I think that that's something that I've actually started to adopt as a motto of mine of like, there's always a solution. I can always find an answer to this. And I don't know where you sit with like the patience aspect of this, but. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. uh, What comes to mind when you say that is there's a quote that I really love and I'm not sure who said it, but it's that it will all be okay in the end. And if it's not okay, then it's not the end. And I think, that, that's that been a quote I've known for a long time in my life. And I think it, there's easier times to accept that idea than others. Um, and I think where I really started to learn how to live by that was um, actually this, uh, I guess it would have been last winter, I think. I was working on my mom's house and I <laughs> drilled a hole through a, an electrical wire, a large electrical wire. I thought I had actually drilled a hole through a gas line. Uh, and totally panicked, was in tears, called, you know, the gas company and ended up, you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't a big deal in the end, but in the moment of, of drilling through this thing, I mean, drilling a hole through the wall and you hear a giant pop and the next thing you know, it smells like gas and, and your the end of your drill bit is gone. Um, <laughs> I mean, 
you know it's just it's just there's these moments where it's so hard to believe that it's going to be okay and just when i think that i'm good at at understanding and accepting this idea that it's all going to be okay i've learned that lesson again um and so in some ways i think for me it's it's this ever ever evolving lesson and, and maybe it's just where i'm at in my life um but I feel like time and time again, it feels like the problem is not solvable. The answer is not available. Um, the resources are not around. And I'm proven wrong time and time again. And so, yeah, I mean, I would say patience-wise, do I always have it? Uh, probably not, because I want it solved right now. I don't want to be dealing with the problem. But I definitely live by this motto of, like, it'll be okay. Like, we'll find a solution. There's always an answer. Um, it might not be the answer that you want. It might, it might be to purchase a new vehicle, but in the end, like there's, there's an answer. Well, and I think about this in relationship to, um, when we were in Grisson, France, when we were just traveling for Michaela's kiteboarding competition a few months ago, a few months, weeks ago, Jesus. And I, uh, backed our rental car into a post wasn't a small post wasn't a small dent and i we had a friend with us my my dear sweet friend laura who i have known since i was in elementary school and i had to take a lot of deep breaths i had a lot of shame a lot of trauma around a car accident around I was the only driver. I had not had any coffee. I can't do anything before coffee. I don't know why these women were trying to make me do leave the house, much less drive before I'd had any coffee. We'd never parked in this parking lot before. Anyways, so many things. And I wrecked the car <laughs> that we didn't have full coverage on. But apparently, I thought my credit card would. This is still TBD. I have filed my claim with my credit card. We'll see what happens. But we, we left the scene of the accident with a dented bumper and went to breakfast and because that's what we were going to do that morning and we went and had a beautiful breakfast and Laura made the comment I don't know if it was at breakfast or if it was shortly after where she was like I can tell that you're doing better uh, because I've lived and dealt with so much anxiety and, and and issues in my life that she was like I can tell that you're doing better because something like this would have otherwise ruined the day and we moved on and did I have to deal with all of the physical responses of what happened of that crisis of that problem solving? But there was nothing that I could do in the moment to solve it. I knew this was going to be one of those things that was going to have to be solved after I turned in the rental. And so I focused genuinely on my body and releasing that and being like, it will be okay or it won't be okay, but there is nothing that I can do about it right now. And what I can do something about is enjoying this beautiful time that I have with my girlfriend, that I have with Lauda in Grisson, eating breakfast at this beautiful cafe in France. And we enjoyed croissants and you got that ridiculous chocolate pastry for breakfast <laughs> and we had gorgeous coffee. And I would have missed out on all of that had I not had the space to move through that. That being said, I have done a lot of work to rewire a lot of my neural pathways over the past three, four years to be able to then move through that response. So that has taken a lot of work with, a, with trained mental health care professionals who have taught me how to rewire my brain to accept these responses. 
But the hard work has paid off for me at this point. I'm just over here winging it. <laughs> oh, your brain wasn't always as cooked as mine. There's that. So that's, I guess that's, those are the I guess, big takeaways I have about problem solving. Is, yeah, I guess, like, where does that leave us? Like, where where does, you know, if we were to help somebody through problem solving? I mean, just start by, by what was our first one? Shifting expectations. Oh, shifting expectations. Yeah, shifting expectations on what your day or your... I guess that acknowledging that expectations are going to shift. Yeah, which is hard in and of itself. That's moving, a whole separate podcast. shifting expectations. Yep. And then phone a friend. Yeah, right? Like, find who's good at whatever is going on. Because it might not be. Maybe it's you. That would be great. But no, you should definitely have support. Even if it is you, even if you are the, like, subject matter expert, bring in a friend. They're necessary in problem-solving difficult situations. Yep. And then having that patience and kind of breathing through things. And that's going to, that's, I think, where the real rewiring has to happen. And if it happens for you the first time and you're not good at it, Sweet. Guess what? You did it once. That's a tiny step in the right direction. And you're just going to have to do it over and over and over again. And I am proof well, positive that it gets easier. And I think I think something that I definitely took away through my childhood, not my childhood, I, my teenage years, I should say, is that like you can like you're still alive. You're still breathing. Everything else is solvable. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's that's huge. Yeah. Um, well, and you're not alone. We're here. Uh, we can be reached on multiple social media channels, and we would like to hear about you, hear from you about you. Uh, send us comments about the show, what you thought about it. Um, as a dear sweet teacher from high school said to me, send me your reservations, hesitations, concerns, comments, questions. We would love to hear them. Uh, it's at Kimmy is on Instagram. Uh, fuckingbrave.com has a contact us page that you can drop us a line or. Well, you can reach me uh, on Instagram is probably the best at McPilk. Yeah. So we can be reached through multiple outlets. If you're a friend on Facebook, even better. Send us a DM. <laughs> Lord knows if you have my WhatsApp or my. My phone number, please, just send me a voice memo or a nasty gram or whatever it is. <laughs> uh, we love you lots. We hope this is helpful to any of you. We have lots of things that we want to talk about. And if you guys have any ideas or things you want to know about us or topics you want us to cover. We're here for it. Let us know. All right. Go on. Be fucking brave. I really want to say stay wild, but that's my thing. can't be both. All right, just stay wild and fucking brave. Always wild. Mostly brave. Fucking brave.